This is the Thorn Podcast, Performance Edition, the show that navigates the complex world of sports science and explores the latest research in diet, nutritional supplements, and the human body. I'm Joel Totoro, Director of Sports Science at Thorn. As a reminder, statements in this podcast have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Any products mentioned are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Thorn Podcast, Performance Edition. Joining me today is Josh Hart, a professional basketball player for the New Orleans Pelicans. Josh is also an avid video gamer and Twitch streamer, and today we're going to talk about the intersection between basketball and esports. Josh, welcome to the podcast. Hello, man. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Yeah, really exciting. It's a super interesting topic for us. We're winding down another NBA season. Chelsea just won the championship league. And you just recently got engaged. So what are the next kind of couple months look for you heading into the offseason? Yeah, so next couple months, I'm going to Napa in a couple weeks with, with the family. Actually, Father's Day. So I'm kind of doing that, relaxing. But besides that, just me and Miami working out, uh, you know, kind of getting ready for next season. Got the wedding late late August. So that and then the honeymoon where we're uh, we're going to like three different cities, we're going to Mykonos, Amalfi Coast, and London. So that's kind of like my summer in a nutshell. Honestly, it's really all just a ticking time on my guess till like beginning of August from till free agency, so I can figure out where I'm going to be next year and et cetera. So yeah, I mean, hey, I don't I don't know how you topped those plans. Uh, so congratulations, man. That's exciting. We mentioned you're an avid gamer, and we're going to talk a little bit about that in the performance side of esports, which an area we're seeing growing quickly, but kind of overlooked by many, right? But first, we want to hear a little bit about how your focus on nutrition and recovery has grown since you were, you know, national championship at Villanova to LA to New Orleans. How has that kind of grown with you? I really got big into it, honestly, last last year, or like my first year in New Orleans. Everyone that knows me knows I have like a really bad sweet tooth. I used to eat Mike and Ike before every game in college. My first couple of years in, in L.A., I did that. I love candy. So, like, that was, like, my thing. In L.A., I would order, like, quarts of Rita's, like, put, like Uber Eats quarts of Rita's, cherry and, and blue raspberry were my favorite, and green apple were my favorite ones. And I was, like, kill a quart of, of Rita's a day, stuff like that. Then I got traded in New Orleans, and I was like, yeah, you know what? Going into my third year, I got to take nutrition more seriously. So I got a chef trying to cut out or at least limit, I'll say, I'll not cut out, I'm trying to limit my sugar intake, you know, on a daily basis and doing those kind of things. And then luckily I was able to partner with you guys and started to take more supplements, you know, vitamins and doing those kind of things to make sure that I'm at peak performance for games. Yeah, so balance is something we talk about a lot with athletes. Gaming is a part, big part of your balance equation, but it's still a competition. What is it about esports that draws you in and, and what are the kind of major differences and similarities? Now, when I'm not gaming, or when I'm not playing basketball or, or sports, I'm very competitive. So I'm like, all right, what can what can I do to help feed that competitive nature that I have? And then it was just gaming. It first started with Fortnite with the Battle Royale. And obviously when you got to win, you know, it was, you know, you had the adrenaline going. It was nerve wracking at times doing stuff like that because obviously you're you know, the last out of, you know, or the last one standing out of like 100 people. So that kind of fed that competitive itch that I had, you know, when I wasn't playing basketball. And, you know, it just started to go from that, you know, Call of Duty, and obviously the, the gaming world is so tight-knit and so welcoming when I started doing that. A lot of people were helping me with my setups. They were playing games with me, and, and you know, that, that sounds like normal, like, oh, yeah, we were just playing games together, but, 
you know, someone just starting on Twitch and, and a small time streamer, you have guys like Tifu that you're playing with, Symphony Crowder, those guys who have, you know, crazy audiences that are, you know, streaming for 2,000 people or, you know, sometimes 50,000 people. So that was, you know, that's kind of why, you know, I kind of fell, you know, fell for gaming. And obviously, like I said, with the competitive nature, it was really similar into basketball. So that's, you know, that's what I did. And, I, you know, I'm still hooked. I think I play games literally every day. This morning, I woke up early and I was playing with my guy Crowder earlier. And then after this podcast, I'm probably either going to go back to the driving range or, or or just sit here and game a little bit more. So, you know, that's kind of like an everyday routine for me. And, you know, it's just, it's fun. It's part of the, the life. Yeah. So sleep is a major issue we see with esports athletes. You know, it's a high stimulus, energy drink. Heavy world, a lot of diets similar to younger you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so gaming is part of you're coming down from basketball, but how do you come down from gaming and, and how does sleep play into both both sides of your life? <laughs> it's funny because there's times I'll just get a good amount of sleep, and then there's times I'll like game to like two o'clock in the morning, three o'clock in the morning, and I get like no sleep. But during the season, I try to get as much sleep as possible just because I need it to perform, you know, on a, on a daily basis. So I try to get into bed by 10, 11, and, you know, at the latest. In, in the summer, I kind of slack off a little bit. I, you know, I'll game a little bit later, wake up a little bit later and do those kind of things. So, you know, it's all up and down. But sleep is, I mean, it's just important dude, because, you know, if I feel like I didn't have a good night's sleep the day before, whether I'm gaming or whether I'm, you know, actually hoop, going out and hooping, I feel like I'm not, you know, my best self. I feel like I'm not knocking down, you know, shots I normally would do. I feel like I'm, I get tired a little bit more easily or quicker than I normally do. So that's one thing I felt like it was really important for me to do. And I actually got a band that actually was tracking my sleep and doing those kind of things. They would tell me like my REM sleep, tell me how many hours I got, you know, how many times I woke up at night and doing those kind of things. So I was really trying to dial in on the amount of sleep, especially during, you know, the season. Yeah, I think that's great. And, and I think using the wearables and tracking that, it's kind of like you're you're making sleep a game too, right? So it's mm-hmm. all it's all a continuation there. But exactly. It's really interesting because, you know, I've done a lot of work with with different wearables and it is really impactful to see like, oh, this behavior legitimately impacts this amount of sleep. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, no, definitely. And like you said, it's like the competitive, like this, sometimes it's like I'm competing against myself kind of, but every time I'm like, all right, I got eight and a half hours of sleep. I only got like a couple hours of room sleep, whatever. I'm like, I, right, you know, tonight I'm about, I'm going to get to bed a little bit earlier tonight and do it. And so it's like kind of like a fun little game I have with myself to make sure I have as much sleep as I possibly can. And then when you, you know, like you said, when you have the wearables and you see the the progress and you see the track and you see how much time you should get for optimal performance, it makes you want to try to strive to get that amount of sleep. And obviously it's going to benefit you in the long run. So gaming is all about advantages, the best setups, the latest gadget. Have you found yourself taking any learnings from the preparation and performance side of pro sports, the advantages you have there, and applying them to your gaming performance? And the other way around, has gaming impacted your on-the-court performance? Any learnings from the gaming world that's improved your on-the-court performance? I guess the funds to get a great setup, <laughs> really, you know, being able to get like a, that or, you know, like a great PC with great graphics card, great, you know, monitors and doing stuff like that. So obviously the setup is good. And then like, I didn't realize growing up, it's like, oh, I'm playing video games, you know, that, that's about it. You don't, but you don't realize how much it goes into it. You don't realize the pack loss. You don't realize, you know, the frames, you know, the frames per second. You don't realize all those kind of things 
And then once you really start getting, you know, into gaming and you get the setups and you do those kind of things, you, you know, that's, that's what you want. You want the low ping, you, you know, for your, for your internet, you want the, you know, low frames and, and doing those kind of things. So I think that's kind of like the biggest thing. And then with gaming, there's just a lot of it is reaction time. And obviously that helps you, you know, on the court with just being able to see things and react to it. I think that's the biggest thing, whether like people are like, oh, it doesn't go hand in hand, but sometimes it's just about hand-eye coordination. You're like, you're training your senses to be aware of several things. And, you know, when something happens, you're able to kind of react to it. So I think there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of things where you can build off of one because of the other. And, you know, that's what it is. So it's actually kind of cool how they help each other. One of the big areas of focus we see when we're helping competitive esports teams build their teams together is communication because online it's your avatars interacting and oftentimes you don't have, you know, that nonverbal communication you have in team sports. Does being a lifelong athlete and, and knowing those interactions with your teammates make you give you an advantage there and make you a better gamer? Oh yeah, for sure. Cause like, so like, obviously like, you know, you already squat up, you do those kind of things. And yeah, with my with my team, my boys, like you know, everyone kind of has their roles. Like I'm like the dude who's nice, but thinks he's nice than what he is. So I like push full teams. Then I have like one guy that has no IQ. Have another guy that's like real, like real conservative and like doesn't want to get into too much action. Then I have one, you know, one of the guys that's actually real nice that that kind of go, goes finessing stuff. So like that's kind of like knowing that and. So the communication, like I kind of know their roles and they know my roles. So like we're not surprised when something happens. You know, we got like the the guy that's pushing, we got the conservative, the body bag, and doing those kind of things. So you have that communication, obviously, you know, in gaming because you need to know where things are going. Um, you need to know. I didn't realize how important it was. So I was watching like CDL leagues and doing those kind of things. I saw the communication and it was you know absolutely crazy. Honestly, there's more communication at times in the CDL and that. When I say at time, probably most of the time, then actually on the court. So it's kind of funny, but you know, the communication aspect in both words is obviously huge just because it eliminates a lot of the confusion for your teammates. They know, you know, they know what you're doing and they know what to expect and doing those kind of things. But when you start kind of going on your own, you don't communicate, that's obviously where, where losses happen. Yeah, it sounds, uh, sounds a little bit like a GM there, the way you're building a team, right? <laughs> exactly. That part of it. So gaming is a great common ground for you and your fans. It gives them an access to a side of you. Traditionally, we wouldn't have gotten to see as much. You know, for so long, fans have interacted with athletes through their highlights and press clips. Um, mm. You have incredible access to your fans through your podcast and your online present. Can you talk a little bit about how that's changed your reach and really your relationship with your fans? Yeah, so, you know, just even growing up being an NBA fan, you know, you kind of put athletes on a pedestal. You rarely get to interact with them, you know, and if and if you ever do, it's really just like a, you know, a, a, hey, on the street, can I take a photo type thing? And then, like, that's it. Like, <laughs> like, for, like for your lifetime, like, you won't see another, like, pro athlete sometimes. But when you get on Twitch or, and, and start streaming, you're able to interact with fans on a more of a personal level. You know, it's crazy. And even like on my podcast, we'll do, you know, Q&As and all that and be able to interact and ask questions directly with the audience. So it's honestly really cool. And it kind of reason why I love streaming is because there's, you know, friendships that I've built through literally just gaming. You know, one of my good friends is actually going to my wedding. We've been cool for the last two years playing video games. and We've never met in real life before. You know, like my first time I'm going to meet him is actually going to be I said, I might go to LA, you know, in a couple of weeks, I might see him. That might be the first time I see him, you know, in two years, but just those relationships, 
um, that you kind of have and just being able to interact with people on a more of a personal basis, you know, it's cool because then they started to realize, you know, oh, you, you know, for me, I'm a very competitive person. I'm passionate on the court. People a lot of times think I'm an ass whole, honestly, but I'm not. <laughs> and then they see me on the gaming side and see a totally different side of me. And it's just, you know, it, it's all fun and games. So it, it's something that I feel like a lot of athletes should do, whether that's podcasting, streaming, or just find ways to interact with, you know, their fans on a more intimate, personal, you know, level. All right, we're gonna have to take a short break. And when we get back, we're gonna get into some questions from our listeners. The foundation for every good health routine starts with a multivitamin mineral formula. But what multi-formula is right for your unique body and lifestyle needs? The team at Thorne has made it simple for you to find out. Just head over to thorne.com to take a multivitamin mineral quiz. Simply answer a few questions about your diet and lifestyle, and their medical experts will recommend an ideal multivitamin mineral formula for you. Treat your body to the health it deserves with Thorne's Foundational Health Solutions. Learn more by visiting thorne.com. That's T-H-O-R-N-E dot com. And we're back. Josh, let's get into some of these questions from our audience. So the first one is, do you have any game day rituals? Game day rituals? Uh... Honestly, I just want to make sure I, I always like gain for like two hours and get like a two hour nap. And honestly, that's like the biggest thing I usually do will go have shoot around, come back, get, you know, get lunch, game for about like an hour, two hours, take a couple hour nap, get up, shower, get dressed, head, head to the game. That's really about it. And then usually I'm usually blasting usually most like, you know, most of the time, mostly J. Cole. So that's kind of just like my game day ritual nothing too crazy just you know it's like me it's just just basic just chill balance of gaming and uh sleep so you, you know you're already doing everything we talked about love it so how did the covid the bubble the shortened season how did that impact performance for you and around the league it impacted just tremendously on well it had a great impact i'm sorry i think it was honestly negative some guys in the bubble that played very well just because they didn't have to worry about distractions of family tickets, et cetera, those kind of things, you know, so that, that was a benefit for some people, but, you know, this season with just being shortened, less recovery time games in a, in a shorter time, a lot of injuries happen. So I think, you know, trying to make up for lost times and, and, and lost days, you know, and lost, you know, postponed games and all those kind of things, it took a toll on people's body. And unfortunately, I think there was probably a little bit more tissue and, tendon injuries this year than they have been, you know, in, in the recent years. And I think part of that because of COVID, because um, it's a shortened season and doing those kind of things. So I think COVID obviously had a huge effect on a lot of people's performance. And all I got to say is, unfortunately, you know, we didn't make the playoffs and our season's over, but I'm kind of happy that that season is over and we're able to kind of move back to more normal times, I guess. Now, do you think because of that, do you think a lot of people will make the same adjustment you made your first year in New Orleans and really put a more emphasis on nutrition and recovery and taking care of all those soft tissues? Oh yeah, I think so. I think guys starting to realize 
how important taking care of your body is what you know that's obviously eating about what you put into your body but also you know just the recovery whether it's sleep you know neurotaking obviously i got it i know you know i bought this infrared sauna behind me a couple not probably like four or five months ago just kind of help with recovery so i think people are going to start really investing more money into recovery whether that's trainers gadgets you know like saunas and, and normatex and stuff like that to really make sure you know you're at peak performance you know for every game so you don't have to really worry about injuries and and those kind of things yeah so playing off that one of our questions is what kind of protein do you take post-workout and any other supplement recommendations for performance and recovery yeah so post-workout obviously i take you know i think i think i take the vanilla whey protein you know, honestly, right after, but then I use the, it's the recovery pro. I think it is. Yeah. I think yeah, recovery, sure. yeah, recovery pro. I put it into some, uh, I boil some water and I put it into the hot water to make it feel like it's hot, like hot chocolate. I love hot chocolate. Um, I take that. You have the, the magnesium one that I also would take. And then there's one, and then the amino acid, like the, I think it was the berry amino acid. I, I, those are three that I always take, you know, post-workout and also at night just to make sure I'm able to get a good night's sleep and doing those kind of things. So I'll take that. I actually started, also started taking the, I started taking it this year because Nicolo Melli kind of put me onto it with like the, the Oregon or Ar- Origin? Ar- uh, arginine. Yep. Yeah, arginine. Yeah, that, <laughs> that. <laughs> started taking that a little bit, you know, more this year also. So it was like my favorite pre-workout one. And then obviously before I take the catalyte, the creatine, you know, to that take, you know, pre-workout. So it's a, it's a full slate right there. <laughs> You're well-rounded. I love it. Uh, magnesium is one of my favorite supplements. It's one of the things very, very few people know how common it is for people to have less than optimal. It's, you know, up there with vitamin D. And yeah. So I, I actually, during the bubble, you know, cause obviously it's like my, it helps calm you down. That's why you take it at night, you know, help you get a good night's sleep. I made the mistake pre-game i accidentally took it because I, I i accidentally took that i was thinking it was something else. i'm not sure if i thought it was creatine or or whatever i don't know what but i took it pre-game and i'm like getting ready for the game getting my ankles tape i'm yawning i'm like why am i so tired and then i like looked at the one i brought in my bag room in the bubble and i'm just like oh shoot i ended up having like 20 that game so it didn't, <laughs> didn't slow me down that much but I was like, I was like, now I know why. Now I, now I really, because obviously, now I really can actually see the benefits of like it calming my body down, even though it was right before a game. So, that was the good thing <laughs> there is it, uh, it supports sleep, but it's not sedative at all. So yeah, yeah exactly. It, it's very short acting any any of that relaxation, but it's just like you know, it's taking like an Epsom salt bath right before a game. Mm-hmm. You do it after, not before, right? Yeah. But uh, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the Recovery Pro. I mean, it's it's the one supplement we have no problem getting uh, people to take, just because mm-hmm. who doesn't want hot chocolate before bed? Exactly. Right? So, uh, yeah, no, that's great, man. And you've got a real, really well built out, you know, program addressing performance and recovery. So, uh, love to hear that, man. Um, and then, so the next one's a little bit more fun. So. Cheese steaks in Philly, tacos in LA, gumbo in New Orleans. What are your favorite guilty pleasure foods on the road? Oh, okay. So cheese steaks in Philly. I go to Ishka Bibbles. I got a little whiz with uh, a cheese steak I go with, and I put a little salt, pepper, ketchup. So that's that. I also have another, like, a little Caribbean spot. It's like, it's a Jamaican kind of soul food spot in Philly called Ron's. That's like my, so those two are like my favorite. If I go out to LA, I always get sugarfish. That's like my first meal every time, sugarfish. So I do sugarfish, 
And then if I want like, you know, kind of a, a more like fattening, like it's going to give me the itis. I'm going to be knocked out for the rest of the day. If it's the off day, I hit Doolin's. Um, there's a Doolin's on Manchester and Doolin's on Crenshaw. It's like soul food, fried chicken, yams, greens, mac and cheese. Like it's like, you know, your, your grandma used to make it to cookout. So I do that one. And then in New Orleans, um, I love gumbo. So a lot of, I don't have a one go-to spot. You know, in New Orleans, unfortunately, for gumbo, but I always, you know, try to do that. And then lastly, people don't, like, snowballs down here are fire. So I hit Sal snowballs and there is, it's, it's OD. So those are like my little guilty pleasures. I have some more, but to make, you know, I'm making myself feel like I'm fat, you know, already just saying all those things. So I'm not going to name anymore. All right. So are, are you going to put snowballs up with uh, Rita's water ice in, in Philly? Oh. Um, nah, nah, Rita's is, Rita's is top, <laughs> top tier. And that was the one thing I was really bummed about when I went down here. Cause more, it's mostly a, you know, it's a water, I, you know, I think it started in Philly, honestly, but we had it obviously on the East coast in Maryland where, where I'm from. And then they had like one in LA and luckily it was like only like 20 minutes from the crib. So I was able to Uber eat it all the time and like go there or whatever. But down here, they don't have any, bro. So it's like, it's kind of a bummer. The snowballs kind of help, but Rita's is, is top level, man. All right. So we'll, we'll make sure to send you some probiotics before your LA trips <laughs> help with some of that, some of that heavy Definitely food there. Definitely need those. <laughs> um, what about, so you, you talked about your personal chef. What are kind of your favorite meals he prepares for you or, or kind of any of your like, hey, I need it today. Yeah, man. My, my girl, Chef Tasha, Chef Tasha underscore Nola. That's her, that's her IG, man. So she makes, actually like the other day, she actually made this like gluten-free pasta. Um, and it was like a bison bolognese. I'm, I'm trying to get away from like steak and burgers and red meat kind of thing. So I did that, but she makes a lot of, you know, ground turkey pasta, turkey meatballs, turkey burgers, and crab cakes or crab cakes are fire. So I do that all the time. And I've been honestly getting more and more into to white fish. So, you know, so I have lemon fish, drum fish, red fish. I'm not a salmon guy. My fiance is a salmon person. And I like, I'm just, I can't do it. I hate salmon. I don't know why. I just hate it. But she's, she's really good in terms of like variety. So, you know, she make gumbo if I want, if I want, you know, a little, be a little fatty one day. And then the next day she'll make like super clean, you know, red fish with, quinoa and you know i don't know brussels sprouts or something so you know chef tashi you know she'd be throwing it down so <laughs> it's um it's fire so yeah eat, eating healthy is always a lot easier when it tastes good right exactly man that's the that's the best thing because obviously when you when you try to eat healthy and like my my fiance has been trying to eat like super healthy for the last like couple of weeks because she's like oh the wedding's coming up and you know x amount of months i gotta make sure you know i slim down or whatever and she's doing like salad, salad, salad. And I'm like, I, I like salads, you know, but I'm not trying to have a salad every meal. I need something. So like her being able to make really healthy food, but it's seasoned well, it tastes amazing. Obviously it's a, an even added bonus. It makes it fun and easy. And so we talked uh, earlier about, you know, fan interaction. We talked about COVID. What was it like playing in an empty stadium and not really having the fans to play off you know whether home or away honestly it was terrible <laughs> it was like god awful and there was like some places where it was worse because obviously new orleans we had we always had some type of fans you know fortunately we were one of the few you know teams that did you know throughout the year but it was like places like okc where i had no fans 
you know, they weren't that good this season. So the game was just like dead. So that, you know, there was some time where it was just terrible, but it helped, you know, it helped the communication, you're able to hear uh, what your teammate is saying, you're able to hear, um, honestly, the other players that the other team saying and doing those kind of things. So it was, you know, there was some benefits to both sides of it, but I hope we never have to do that again. We, 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 need, we need the fans, especially when you're on the road and you're, you know, you're getting a good win. There's nothing like, you know, shutting up, a, a, you know, obviously team's fans. So I really hope, I, you know, we never have to worry about that again. Yeah, that kind of leads into our next Raider question. So you have to be on every minute you're on the court. How do you get mm-hmm. into that headspace? So luckily with me, you know, I'm a goofy dude, you know, just, just naturally. And I just like um, having fun and, and doing those kind of things. So for me, I kind of flipped that switch a little bit. I see probably right before I get in the game because I'll, I'll be messing around with the guys for pregame, warm-up lines and doing those kind of things. But um, once the ball is tipped, I kind of just lock in into, you know, my personnel, who I'm going to be guarding, you know, what are these guys' tendencies, how the game's going. Obviously, you know, sometimes there's games where someone that you don't expect, you know, to, to be doing well starts to go off and you have to get in a mindset of like, all right, what is his tendencies? How do I have to defend him? How do I have to stop him? And doing those kind of things. So for me, you know, I just take a couple deep breaths, close my eyes, you know, start to visualize how I'm going to be playing the game, how I'm going to affect my team in a positive way. I think that's the biggest thing for me is just, you know, that taking those couple minutes, you know, a couple seconds, couple deep breaths and go from fun, loving, goofy Josh into like, I time to time to get on the court, time time to hoop. So that's kind of what I do. Obviously some guys have different routines, but you know, just being able to relax and visualize helps me. So we've got a question from a reader. They want to know, so who are your biggest supporters and mentors throughout your career? So obviously my parents, first and foremost, you know, they are the rock. They're the ones that kind of, kind of, they're the ones that, you know, helped me get to this position. And so them, the Hillmans, who, you know, I call my family also, they're, they're huge. My fiance, obviously, she'll probably kill me if she hears this because I didn't name her first. <laughs> but those are like the, the main ones that I got, obviously, some of my best friends back at the crib, Phil, Sebastian, those dudes. My agents, you know, Christina, <laughs> uh, you know, those people that I talk to on a, almost an everyday basis, you know, help, especially during a long season, not get too high, not get too low, just kind of keep me even kill the whole time. So there's like the main, the main supporters and, you know, the people that I can go talk to if I need, you know, anything. On the physical side, how's your, uh, how's your thumb healing up? How's the rehab going? Good, man. So I had, I tore the UCL ligament. So it was like, they were like breaking it down for me and all that. And it was like, all right, you might be able to play. We got to see if how, you know, tore and if, you know, the ligament flapped up and all this, whatever. And it was like the worst case scenario, the ligament flapped up and I had to get surgery on it. But it's good now. You know, I'm able to get shots up, play regularly. I had to have a little playing splint on for at least a couple more weeks. But it's healing up, you know, well, I'm able to golf. So see, that's my one of my favorite summertime hobbies. Last summer and this summer was golfing, so I'm able to do that. So it's good, man. I wish it didn't happen, but hey, I'll be I'll be back, you know, better and stronger. Now, did we get your PTs to incorporate gaming and strengthening for the thumb at all? Nah, so they were trying to get me to not game at first, but I was like, yeah, that's not gonna happen. So I think they kind of were just like, all right, we're just gonna let them do that, and then you know, hit the the mobility of it even harder. Right. So you mentioned golf, you've mentioned gaming. Uh, what other sports and activities uh, are your favorites besides basketball? 
besides those, dog, hanging out with my dogs, playing with them, and uh, drinking wine. Those are the two main things. You know, uh, my life is very simple. It's hang out with the family, hoop, video games, and then just kind of just, you know, chill out, relax, and those kind of things. So that's my life in a nutshell. Very chill, very low-key, uh, and uh, that's kind of how I like it. All right. Last question. Who is your biggest NBA competition in the gaming world? In the gaming world, um, it's, it's between D-Book and Simmons. I think those guys, because they're, they're both nice on the court, but they're both really good in video games also. And both of those guys stream and, and do those kind of things. I think the biggest one is D-Book, because D-Book is heat on Call of Duty. So that's probably my biggest competition. I think I got to, you know, level up a little bit, you know, on call before I can get to his level, but uh, I'm almost there. So those guys are like the biggest competition in the gaming space for, for athletes. All right, Josh, thanks for the, thanks for the time. Uh, we want to let uh, our listeners know where can they find you on, on Twitch, on, you know, social media, where, where can they listen to you on the podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my, what my IGs is Jay Hart. Um, tw- Twitter is Josh Hart. And then Twitch is Jay Hart Show. I, I made that when I was with the Lakers, and I can't change it right now. <laughs> I want Jay Hart, but I can't get in. So it's this Jay Hart Show. And then lastly, the podcast is Lighthearted, and that's on you know uh, Apple Music, Spotify, and a whole bunch of other wherever people listen to their podcast will probably be there. So those like the where you guys can interact with me, kick it with me, you know, and, and doing those kind of things. So. That was gaming enthusiast, Twitch streamer, and NBA player, Josh Hart. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening to the Thorn Podcast Performance Edition. Make sure to never miss an episode by subscribing to the show on your podcast app of choice. You can also learn more about the topics we discussed by visiting thorn.com and checking out the latest news, videos, and stories on Thorn's Take 5 Daily blog. For this performance edition of the Thorn Podcast, I'm Joel Totoro, reminding everyone to stay active and stay hydrated.